What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to All the Smoke. Yes, sir. Jack, what's up, bro? Happy to be in L.A. You turned your game up today. I saw you packed a bunch of Louis coming out here, but you really came like, where are you going after this? Is Nowhere. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just setting, I'm just setting the standard for 2022 on the okay. show. That's all. So you got me looking like a, like a, like a soccer dad right now. So nah, I have to but, set my shit up. Nah, I mean, you got the shit at your house. I'm just, I'm just going to force you to bring it okay. out. I respect that. I respect that. I respect that. Man, we got a guest, a uh, guy I've known for a while, a friend of mine. Uh, we finally able to track him down, man. Welcome, Chandler Parsons. Appreciate Welcome. it. Thanks for having me, guys. What the, what the, what the, what the, what the get, to get his watch. When y'all get time, get his watch. It's Carly Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> get hey. his watch. But the new father, let's talk about that. I mean, you were gleaming. <clears throat> we were just talking about this uh, before the show, man. You're a father of a three-month-old daughter. Tell us what's yeah. that, what that like. Uh, want, he wants more. Yeah, oh, he's definitely have, he more. He told me he's going to have five girls. I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm definitely going to be the guy that has all daughters for sure. But <laughs> they're um, pretty little thing. Uh, there's nothing like him, man. You guys know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. You think you love something, you have a child, and something just clicked. I was telling Matt, like, something happened where, you know, a couple months ago, mom couldn't get her to stop crying, right? And then I grabbed her, and all of a sudden, she just stopped. And now it's getting to the age where she's getting a personality, and mm-hmm. you walk into the room, and she's smiling, and it's it really is, there's absolutely nothing like it. I love it. He knows. He's got a, he's got a bunch of dogs. Yeah. Yes, here, so. yes. Five and a bonus. Nine-year NBA vet. Um, it's been a crazy past couple years for you can you you mind walking us kind of through i know you were in an accident you retired talk to us about what's kind of been going on in your life yeah like, i mean it's been a crazy two years for everybody right, right? Yep. like no one could have predicted this happening but uh yeah man it was nuts i was just i was leaving practice one day random day 
in Atlanta, two o'clock on a Wednesday. And I'm driving, I just see this car coming at me and just completely T-bones me. And, and I had never been to crash before. Right? I'd never been, been a fender bender or nothing. And it's kind of a crazy story. It's a funny story now, but like I'm going and, and I'm completely out, right? Like I'm knocked out. And I wake so up. Where did the car hit you? So I'm going through an intersection, and uh-huh. the car I kind of see it coming this way, and out of nowhere it just kind of speeds up and just kind of gets me going through the intersection. On the drivers, on your door, on the driver's side. I was solo Damn. in the car. Damn. And so I get hit, right? And I wake up, and by the time I wake up, there's already sirens. And I just remember the windows were bashed in, the airbags were out. I had a cut on my wrist where it was bleeding, and I couldn't move my neck. And I'm like, oh, like shit like this is this is serious and i can see the guy who hit me and he's completely knocked out blood everywhere and i'm like wow like this is this is scary and so i'm looking at my car's all messed up there's red everywhere and i hear this voice and i'm not like a religious spiritual kind of guy like that but i hear this voice and it's like chandler mr parsons we're coming to get you you're gonna be okay and at that moment i'm like sitting there i'm like Fuck, like I this this is what happens. Like I died. This is what mm-hmm. happened. This is God. Like, this is what happens, right? Mm. Blood everywhere. And I snap out of it, bro. And it was the OnStar from my car. They were them yeah. telling me they were coming to get me. And I was bringing my girl home spaghetti. So half the red in my car everywhere was marinara uh, sauce. But at the moment I'm tripping. I'm like, right. oh shit. And then fast forward, like the next day I go and Atlanta's like, hey, you need to lawyer up. Like, once they find out who you are, what you're driving, like this guy's gonna sue you. And I'm like, Fuck, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Turned out it was a dude's third DUI, 56-year-old, just mm-hmm. like completely his fault. And so I was in this lawsuit basically for two years where I was recovering from injuries. Like, I messed my neck up. I tore my labrum, my shoulder, mm-hmm. super you know, gnarly concussion. And so that kind of forced my hand to basically retire. Um, and I never thought I'd do that at 31 years old. You know, you want to go out on your own terms. Um but it was scary, man. But then the whole world closed down with COVID. And, uh, you know, I think everything kind of happened for a reason. But it was it was scary. How are you physically right now? Obviously, I know the mental is going to take a while to just process everything. But how are you physically feeling right yeah, now? Yeah, physically, I'm, I'm getting better. You know, I'm still, like, rehabbing, working out, still training. Um, the injuries are stuff that I can, you know, they're, they're permanent, but I can kind of maintain. I'm not going to play in the NBA anymore, so I don't need to be doing that but to, to live my life and do what I want to do to be a father travel things like that I'm I'm, I'm okay and the mm-hmm. lawsuit settled so now I'm finally free and able to do cool shit like this I live in Atlanta so I remember that yeah that was nice it, it was crazy it yeah. was crazy Ronnie. it was crazy it was crazy how have you kind of compartmentalized <clears throat> obviously the way you spoke on your daughter you turn instantly red but kind of just again the last two years and now something I want to visit on just like the mental side of <clears throat> having your career cut short yeah you know you were kind of you had bad luck with injuries right. towards the end but then just to have it kind of taken away with that kind of situation how have you kind of handled that yeah that, that takes a toll on you I had five knee surgeries so I was kind of missing time missing games um, kind of towards the end of my career anyways yeah, five five knee surgeries done. Um, it was terrible. Two, three? Three and two. Yeah. Meniscus. I had microfracture. That was my first one, too, which kind of set it off and spiraled from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just sucks. It's things that you can't control that, you know, my dream as a kid was to play in the NBA and compete at the highest level. And um, the fact that I did that for nine years, and obviously it was altered by injuries and stuff, but I never thought I'd retire on these terms. I never thought I'd retire from the game at 31 years old. Um, 
And it takes a toll on you. There were some dark times there where, you know, kind of why me? Why is this happening to me? And then the crash happens. Then I'm watching these guys play that I was. You got me hating on you. Then Jack's going at me on, on fucking social media. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder too, because I'm like, yo, Chandler's one of the coolest white boys I know on the planet. Him and JJ Reddick, man, I'm trying to say. Yeah, tell you. yeah. No. And that's, you know what? That's funny you said that, but that's, it's, that's just part of it, right? And then obviously when. You know, I was on a big contract, right? And I had high expectations and I was making a lot of money and I wasn't playing. And mm -hmm. so I understand that part. Yeah. But yeah, I just never expected it to end this way and this quick. But, you know, you know I'm kind of excited for the next future. Oh, that's good, man. Castleberry, Florida. Mm -hmm. Talk about your upbringing. Uh, <clears throat> how was it growing up and how did you get into sports? Yeah, so I'm the youngest of four boys. Grew up in Castleberry, Florida. Grow over there. My brother so, Chris bro? is here. Yeah, so Chad, Chris, Chase, being the youngest, I just got the shit kicked out of me every single day, right? <laughs> and I was always playing with older kids, which I think kind of got mm -hmm. me prepared because by the time, you know, I'd go to my own eight and under at basketball game and I would dominate because my three older brothers were, were killing me before mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I grew up with them, family, huge Orlando Magic fan. Uh, used to always, you know, I'd go in the backyard, I'd watch the games with Shaq and Penny and them, and during a timeout, I'd run to the backyard and act like them mm -hmm. and do what I saw and then go back and watch the game. So that was always just, uh, I always wanted to do it, right? And then, uh, yeah, the, with the brothers, they, you know, I couldn't have been here without them. They pushed me, they helped me so much. Just kind of so develop. Castleberry is close to Orlando. It's like a suburb that's not very nice inside Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very nice. No, it's not very nice. You went to Winter Park High School and the number 44 recruit in the nation. You committed to your home state team, the University of Florida, 2006. What, what was that? How was that decision? So that was crazy. I, I went to Winter Park Lake Howe High School. Winter Park's a that's, that's a, that's kind of the rival school. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it was cool, man. Like when I was a junior and senior in high school, that's when Florida was popping, right? That's when they just won the, the two national championships. Joe Keem, Al Horford, yeah. those guys were there. And I, I loved the Gators. I would always go to camps growing up. And so being a fan, having them on top of basketball, Billy Donovan's our coach, like to me, it was a no-brainer. And by the time I was a senior, I was a five-star recruit, but this dude would not offer me a scholarship. <laughs> and I'm going to all these All-American camps. I got all these offers, but for whatever reason, and my teammate and my high school teammate, Nick Calathis, I don't know if you guys remember mm -hmm. him, he was committed there since he was like a freshman. So I like I wanted to go there so bad. And just through the process, he finally offered and I had a I had my five official visits plan. Florida was my first one. Mm. And Stick Joaquin was my was my host. Ooh, that's and a good host too. Let's <laughs> just say I signed on Sunday yeah, and canceled the other say, four visits. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I already yeah. yeah. I, I don't know him, but I feel like I would fuck with you him. You would vibe Sticky with him like he's the right. best. I love competing against him, but yeah. I feel like just we would be burning it down. No, yeah. he's on your guys' Who vibe. Who were for your sure. other uh four visits to? So my four visits for Texas, LSU, Tennessee, and Notre Dame. But it was a wrap after that visit. That was it. Yeah. So you're one of those rare, as I was, four-year players, uh, one SEC player of the year. What do you remember most about your Florida experience? I mean, there's a lot of history on the basketball side. Football side is dope. With, yeah. You went to, who, were, who was on the football side? So when I was there? there, it was the years. It was Tebow. It was Aaron okay. Hernandez, Percy, Pouncey Twins, Joe Hayden. It was, I mean, there was arguably the best college football sides, team of all right? time. Yeah. Callie Rivers was the volleyball player. Okay. We had Ryan Locke do the Olympic swimmer when we were there. So like Florida. Yeah, I was active. Damn. It was, it was crazy. You were on campus every day in sandals. I should have left. I could have <laughs> I could have been a higher draft pick my junior year, but I had to go back. Like I loved it. Really? See, oh, I, I get was, that. I get I that. I loved it. You're making it sound sweeter than UCLA, but I feel you. Like UCLA <laughs> was a blast. Yeah. So I get it. No, it was cool to like go in there during those years. Um, 
like you said, with the, with the football team was, was so good. Um, you know, our basketball team was very good. So it was just, I was an hour and a half away from home. So my parents, my family could go to all my games. Um, and like I said, it, it was just a blast, man. Like I loved it. Did you guys kick it with the football team? We oh, did. You know okay. what? They were, they were, they all football players think they can hoop, right? So they would all go to the rec center and we would play against, like we would kind of play. And I remember Aaron Hannes, he had I was games. About to like, actually, well, we were bro, just he was with, nice. Yeah, we were with Julian Edelman last night. He and he, he was, was telling nice. us so he things played, Aaron was he, nice. He had a scholarship. He played on Connecticut, uh, like the Husky Utah. AAU team or whatever with yeah. the, uh, the coach's son. He was nice. Really? Like he could have easily went D one in basketball. That's crazy. This dude just told us that shit last night. Then he can, that's he was really good. So him, him, Brandon Spikes, like all these guys, they would go and they're mm -hmm. they're athletic as fuck, right? Like right. they could go, right? But yeah, we used to bust their ass. I remember, um, damn, Drew something, Drew, damn, Jelani, you remember his name? Or Ray, you remember the name? The quarterback from UCLA that used to come in barefooted and go between his legs. The white boy. Mm -hmm. Drew Bennett, he Drew played receiver. He was a quarter, backup quarterback at UCLA. Played like seven years as an NFL receiver. He's like, the, he's the Schwab over there. He knows he's everything. A nerd. Yo, he knows everything. <laughs> yo, but it's crazy because this dude, the football players would walk through Poly sometimes to go to meal after practice, and Drew yeah. would come in there with no shoes on and do Spout. the East Bay Funk and dunk that bitch. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, yo, so football players. Super ethic. I wanted right. to because sometimes, like at UCLA, like some fucked with us and some didn't. Right. You know what I mean, like, because sometimes basketball and football players don't really vibe everywhere. Yeah, there was no, there was no beef like That's that. Good. Like, remember I Kansas? There was like the fight on. Right. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah they, some of them really don't mess. No, with No, at, at Florida for whatever reason. I mean, Everybody we kicked it winning. with them. They kicked it. We lived in the same dorms. Like, Dope. we'd go to their games. They'd come to our That's games. Everyone up. was winning. So everyone, there was, there was no. So hate. Every, every school, college, not like nah, that. Football no. players and basketball players kind of. There's like, yeah, there's animosity. Like, there was, remember the Kansas like 10 years ago? There yeah. was like brawl yeah, on campus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it was crazy. Coach Donovan went off you scholarship, finally did. What yeah. was it like working with him for four years? He was great, man. Honestly, going in there as a high recruit, fresh off two chips from him, like we went in there with the wrong mindset. We were the number one recruiting class. Who was in your class? We, Nick Calathis, John Lucas's son, Jay Lucas. Okay. This kid, Alex Tyus, and some other kid. But uh, <laughs> his mafia, <laughs> yeah. Billy Dean. <laughs> Right. And so he got and, and it was it was cracking there, right? Like they mm -hmm. were they were the best team in the country and we were trash. We we mm. went to the, we didn't make the tournament. Mm. We went to the NIT. So like my first 2 years we kind of went in there as arrogant little dickheads and like mm -hmm. he he's this New Yorker Napoleon syndrome little man <laughs> thinks he's tough and he would just you know, he's from the school of Patino. He would mm -hmm. get in your ass. Yeah, he looked like he in the mafia. How he be on he's, the side. He's cool as fuck, but he's also he he Mm -hmm. He gets angry quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my first two years, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. I would want to transfer. I would want out. And then once you get older and you understand like what he's trying to do and like instilling you, something switched where it was like this guy's. And he was always a brilliant basketball mind, right? You can see what he's doing now in Chicago. Yeah. Like the guy's arguably the coach of the year, right? So I mean, he's always been a great basketball mind. But then you just understand him more as you you know your years go on. You were drafted 38th overall to the Rockets and to the lockout. <clears throat> you decided to go overseas to France for two months. What was your reason behind that? You just wanted to stay hooping, stay busy? Yeah, so when I was drafted, there was the lockout, so there was no season, right? And I was mm -hmm. a second-round pick, so I, my contract wasn't guaranteed. So my agent at the time basically got me a deal where I could go play in France, and they gave me an out clause. And this was during the time where, like, D. Will went to Turkey. Like, a lot of guys mm -hmm. were doing it. Mm -hmm. 
And as a four-year guy, for whatever reason, like it's kind of shunned upon. Like it's it's like a bad look to stay in college four years, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, why didn't he leave early? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, and you're and then you're older. Like I got drafted at 21 years old, which I think is a good thing, right? Because you go through so much shit in college. Like I'm ready to help an NBA team right, right away. Right. I see both sides with the mm-hmm. potential of taking an 18 year old mm-hmm. kid too. But so for I had just I had something to prove still. So I wanted to keep going and I wanted to stay in shape. I wanted to play in games. So the second round non guaranteed contract, I wanted to. When camp, when the lockout ended, which it was gonna end, I wanted to be ready to go. So I went and I played for two and a half months, and it was dope. Like, what I was traveled. the experience like? Yeah, it was Enjoyed cool. It? I mean, I lived in a place called Cholet, France, which wasn't fun. Like it was like a little village. There. Yeah, it's it's not there. it's not cool. I, it's, I played there for a, probably really three weeks. It came back home. Yeah, I but, couldn't do it. No, I was and, I was eighteen. I mean nineteen. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was different. It's the crowd's different. The game's different. It's like the Olympic style game where you get to call travel if you don't put the ball first. Gold tending, no defensive three seconds. But I just wanted to hoop. I just wanted to play. Right? And I was, was making they gave me like twenty five grand a month. And I was like at the mm-hmm. time I was like that's my first paycheck. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I was like this is great. And then the lockout ended, and I came back to Houston. I think it really helped me because by the time camp started, I was in crazy shape. I was ready to go, and that's how I kind of got my start. I think because I was so ready to play that by the time my sixth NBA came around, I was starting. Who uh, who was on your team at that Who was on the run? So when I was drafted, Coach Kevin McHale was the coach. Okay. And then it was like Kevin Martin, Scola, mm-hmm. um, Bear, Marcus Canby. Did you have Brooks? Brooks was Brooks, there. Yeah. Earl yeah. Boinkins. Earl Boinkins, mm-hmm. Like uh, Courtney Lee. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a couple of the young guys. It was Kyle Lowry was there, Drogic, Pat Beverly. So we, when I was there, like we had a squad too. Mm-hmm. Like I think we missed the playoffs by like one year, one game my rookie year. But yeah, they, we started off like two and three or whatever. This is kind of like my like coming to the NBA moment. Like I wasn't playing at all, and I just came from France. I'm a second, I'm a second round pick with with acne and like I like I was I was not ready to go and so I'm playing and we start off like two and three and I played some garbage minutes we got blown out a couple times where he put me in and I just remember pulling up and we were playing OKC and it was when they had you know Russ KD and James and they'd always write the starting lineups on the board and I I walked in the locker room early as hell like three o'clock like first bus and I just saw it said Parsons dash Durant and I was like, oh shit. Like, it was the first time I was like, she just, uh, she just got like, real. Like, oh wow. Like, I played garbage minutes against other second round picks at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, this was like mine. Like, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's go time. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the best. Yeah. And it was, I mean, he busted my ass, but he was a little, like, he was, I think he shot like poorly from the field and we won the game. And mm-hmm. honestly, since then, I, I started all the way through. So it was kind of like, that was yeah. like my moment where he gave me a chance and it just kind of worked out. Let me, ask, let me ask you a question. So, with going to four years, going to college and playing four years. Yeah. And having the injuries, you think staying all that time took some? Probably. Your, you know, yeah. I think Ooh, you know, when you think about it, when you play playing AAU, with for, knowing you could have went after your first or second year, right? You know what I mean? And then you you look back, you played AAU from twelve to fifteen. Then you play four years of of high school. Then I played four years of college. So it's like that's a lot of miles on your body and your knees by the time you get to the NBA. And like I said, my with the lockout, my rookie year, we had back to back to back. So you guys three, remember, yeah, was, remember that? It was yeah. three in a row, yeah. and that, that's mm-hmm. when like I was I was the young guy, so I was playing right. All those minutes. I was playing all of the minutes, mm-hmm. and they probably had you doing shit before practice, after practicing practice. there first, <laughs> have to leave last, got to make all the jump. And I'm like, so I was, so yeah, I think that definitely had an impact. I think the longer you play, just the more grind, the more bumps and bruises you get. But but you can't predict that though. Exactly, you can't. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I've learned, bro. It's like. 
listen, I, I understand everything that comes with it, with the pressure, the expectation stuff. And as athletes, we want that. Like mm-hmm. we, like JJ Reddick said the other day, he's like, no one, no, no one can create a narrative to put more we pressure on than us, bro. Right. Like, trust me, we want it more than you. Mm-hmm. So like the the media, the that's fans why we're here, right? Yeah, like it's, we want it more right. than you. And, and we, I didn't like that either. I know. It was good. <laughs> JJ Reddick's really good. <laughs> at JJ's like, dope. Yeah. JJ dope. Yeah. So he and I, so shout I'm, out Bubs. Yeah, yeah. JJ dope. But that was my thing where I was like. Like literally my first injury, my foot got caught in David West shorts. I came down on my knee, chipped cartilage in my knee. Like, how the hell am I supposed to predict that? And that was had that turned into a microfracture. That was my surgery? third. That was my third year, and yeah, that was when I first had my microfracture. Where microfracture used to not to cut you off, used to end careers. That I was yeah, like I talked to like Amari, Jay Kidd, these guys that had it. They were never the same from it. The fact that I still I got that my third year and still was able to get two max contracts after that, but it hurt. Like it was awful. Mm-hmm. Like it still bothers me. I have a quarter size piece of cartilage missing in my mm-hmm. right knee. Mm-hmm. Shit mm-hmm. is awful. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So going into your second year, you guys make that blockbuster deal for Harden. Yeah. Who actually just got traded today. Crazy. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But what was that experience like? So that was... 
that was nuts, right? So I think we we had just gotten Dwight Howard uh, before that, and we needed that extra piece, right? And and by the way, the signing of Dwight Howard was nuts too. We can yeah, get that yeah. that was crazy. Let's talk about but, that. Yeah. So Dwight, we had the same agent, right? And I was a second round pick. I had a four year deal, but the fourth year was a team option. And at this point, I'm starting. I'm averaging seventeen. Like yeah, I'm going. And my agent said I couldn't. They couldn't. They're going to pick up the fourth year. Why wouldn't they? You're owed like nine hundred and twenty grand or whatever, and just a huge bargain for them. I end up hiring Dan Fagan. The only reason because R.I.P. Because he said I can get you out of that fourth year, mm. and no, and my and no one else could, right? And how he did it, basically, he used leverage. He went to the GM and he went to the owner and said, "I'll get you Dwight Howard." Yep. But you're not picking up Chandler Parsons' contract. You got to pay him. So instead of making 920, I got bumped to a max and we got Dwight Howard. It was the most gangster move I've ever seen, mm, bro. Yo, it was nuts. Rest in peace. He, he, it was he, crazy. That's who he was. He got me paid. It's like they say, agents too. get you paid. Dan Fagan got you overpaid. Yeah, mm. David, he definitely <laughs> did. He definitely did. He, that's my guy, man. Rest in peace. So to Harden now. Right. So then we get, so then it's like, all right, James, now, now, we're, now we're rolling, right? Now we got two bona fide stars. Great players like me, Terrence Jones was coming up. We get Pat Bev, Jeremy Lin's like fresh off his Lansanity, like he's hooping. Mm -hmm. And that's just an exciting time, right? Like Houston was a dope place to live in. I love Mikhail. I love JB Bickerstaff, was our assistant. JB like, doing his thing in Cleveland. Man, coach of the year. Mm -hmm. And so, like, now that that was just awesome, honestly, playing with those two guys at the time, Dwight was the best big. James was just coming up into a, like, actual stardom he made the game so easy to where that was my best year i averaged like 17 18 points because he would just lull the defender to sleep kick it to me and i would either catch and shoot or do my little shot fake that used to jump on all the time and then i would go but he made it and then like you know going forward i i you know i wanted more and that's why i eventually ended up leaving like i i i I thought it would be, you know, I thought I wanted that next step. Playing with James, he made it so easy where, you know, it turned out to not be that easy when I, <laughs> when I left. But, like, he, playing with him, man, he's still, him. I got Dirk at the end of his career, but James, that's he's the best player I ever played with. Wow. He was so cold. What was Dwight? Because this is pre, you got Dwight out of Orlando, right? We got Dwight out of, out of here, out of L.A. Oh, so he, he came to L.A. for, like, that one year. Mm -hmm. Had he had had back surgery yet or no? He had had the back surgery, but okay. he was like, he was Still, fine. Like, he okay. kind of had a down year in LA, but like, he okay. was healthy. He was ready to go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, them two in a pick and roll in their prime, that was tough. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I got to play with Orlando Dwight, and I, there was, I've never seen anything He's like a freak. him. Never seen nothing. I mean, like I think him. now people kind of shit on him because, like, his career, like, they see it now, but the dude was the best big in the league for a decade. But I think it's when he went to LA and wanted to rush back and play after that back surgery yeah. is what set him back. So his will to want to help a team fucked the, not fucked his career because he's still, you know, def definitely doing his thing, but he wasn't who he was at no. all. No, but people that. talking about, when people talk about him, though, they can't really talk about his basketball. Because he's no. automatic Hall of Famer. Right. So it's got to be something that you don't like about it. All the, that's something yeah. off the court. You should have been, been a top 75 player. Dwight's Easy. No doubt. Easy. Yeah, it's so. just the personal shit that you, you maybe you just dislike him watching him, the whatever. But as far as basketball, he's first ballot, top first 75. Ballot. Like he got ripped. So your first Dwight, you got Dwight, you got <laughs> James, you, the squad you mentioned, you guys battle OKC. Mm hmm. With Russ and Durant on their shit, what was that like? I mean, that was a crazy series. That was, I mean, 
you know, James had just left there. We were going back in there. OKC was one of the craziest crowds Rockin', to play in front of. Rockin'. Got the towels. They don't sit yeah. the fuck down all game long. Like, it was nuts. Uh, James, James just, left. just left there. OKC's fans are, are nuts. And then if you remember, that's when Russ was dribbling to half court to call the timeout, and Pat did the little move and tore his meniscus. Yeah. So, like, it was, it was, that was a fun series, right? I think we ended up losing in six, but, like, playing against those guys, playing against KD for six games, mm. guarding him, like, mm. that was just a grind. Like, and you guys know playoffs is just it's, it's just level. different. Like you can say it right, but like, I mean, every possession matters. This shit is crazy. What's the furthest you've been? Game six, Damian Lillard, game winner in my face. West Conference Finals. No, first no. round. First, oh, first round. Yes, that's the part you've been first round. Never got out of the first round. This is what you were about to ask him right here. This is your segment right here. It was perfect. Damn, you had to bring that up. Yeah, I would. I didn't even look at it. So it was, so it was meant for me that year because yeah. I didn't even look at it. Yeah. Talk to us about that um, series. That was that was a hell of a series. Yeah, that like, was unbelievable shot. Man, that was crazy. So I mean, natural, we have them. Yeah, you saw that coming. <laughs> that was another game six, right? We had just won two in a row, so we win this game. We're going back to Houston for game seven. We were the higher seed, and that play was crazy. Still to this day, we have Patrick Beverly on the court. I don't know why the fuck I'm guarding Damian Lillard, <laughs> right? Like, what? But that was just like a crazy thing where he came off a screen, and I mean, the man hit a thirty. Bad, man hit a thirty footer, right? Like. I mean, going to his left, too. going to his left, with like six nine motherfucker, right? And I'm like, there, like I'm. Yes. Like, I mean, he's been doing this his whole right. career, though, right? Like that was a tough one. though. That was a crazy shot. That was, that was my last game in Houston. That was that was it. Like it was that was our chance. We had a we had a great team that year. We were building. We were we were going back to the crib for Game Seven, and just like that, he hit the, one of the craziest shots I've ever seen. So you say you leave Houston because you want a bigger role. Uh, you're <laughs> off to Dallas. Well, like, well, you know what? That was again. That was I was on my rookie deal. Um, I was a restricted free agent. So this was this was actually when we brought Dwight in and we did the uh, and we did the deal where basically Cuban came in and he made a he gave me a crazy max deal with like a no trade clause player option the last year. Like he really buttered you up. He, yeah, hard part of the deal to make like it in, in as a restricted free agent. You kind of have to do that, right? Mm -hmm. To get the team not to match. And yeah, so like that at the time. I love playing with James. I love playing with Mikhail and, and and Dwight. And I just thought, you know what? Dallas, Dirk's my favorite player of all time. They got Dirk. They got Monte Ellis. Like, I could go over there, maybe a little even more rule. Dirk's on his way out. I can have a bigger role. Carlisle, everyone who plays with Carlisle, they're this crazy offense, like pick and roll threes. Like, as a shooter and a guy who liked pick and rolls, like, I couldn't have think of a better offense than his. And so... So yeah, I accepted the offer and Houston didn't match. And uh, I think it, you know, it was awesome. Like I, I love Dallas. I love my time there. I'm still, if I didn't live in LA, I'd live in Dallas. Like I, I really You developed Dallas. a great relationship with Cuban. Yeah. Talk to us about that. He seems like a real cool dude. Easy to get along with him. He's, he's the best man. Even, you know, I only played there for two years, but like, like he's coming to my wedding. Like, like he, like he's my guy, mm -hmm. right? Like every investment deal I get, every I send it to three people. He's one of them. If mm -hmm. he says no, I'm out. If he says yes, I'm You're in. Like he's it just to the Shark Tank. Himself. Exactly. He's the OG That's, Shark, uh, right? There's no right. one better. All right. So he's he was just he's such a he's such a player's owner, right? Like he's funny. He's cool. He'll go out with us, like um, the free agency with DeAndre. Like he's so involved, right? Like and and he's just cool, bro. Like most owners aren't like that. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about. Oh, I just want to say one thing about Mark Cuban. I want to give him his props. Uh, he just started 
this company where they're they're able to people that on medication able to get medication for real real cheap. I'm talking about expensive medication for real real cheap. I want to shout out Mark Cuban for that because I know that's a, that's helping a lot of people mm-hmm. all Stop. across the world. Medicine that's five hundred dollars they're getting it for ten dollars, fifteen dollars. So shout out to Mark Cuban for that. Q, we need you on the show. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, the recruitment of DeAndre because. You pulled a lot of strings, and then the Clippers pulled some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, DeAndre Jordan. By the way, for those of you know, when we say DJ, that was the biggest. That was the biggest heartbreak I ever went through. I mean, at the time, we had we we had a great team in Dallas, and we're recruiting free agency. Like I'm in the I'm in the draft room. I'm in the free agent meetings. Like Mark kind of gave me and Dirk like reins. Like all right, like this is who we want. Like go get them. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm coming out to LA. He was also with Dan Fagans. We had the same agent. So we're partying together. We're working out together. I'm basically his schedule is my schedule. I'm all over him. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm getting this guy, and I get him. <laughs> like I, he commits to us. Like he's he's verbally there. Cubans, we're we're here. We're going to dinner. We're at his house with his mom, his brothers, and I never forget the girl I was dating at the time. She had a birthday party in Vegas, and I left, and I tweeted an airplane emoji because I was going to Vegas. That's when the whole reports, you know, the Woj bomb saying DeAndre Jordan having cold feet. And I'm like, there's no way, bro. I just left, like no chance. And that's when that whole uh, Twitter emoji war started. Remember that where everyone started tweeting like emojis. Chris Paul was tweeting like a banana boat or something. Mm -hmm. Blake tweeted the picture of the door like that. They like (laughs) locked him in the crib. Like there was a whole thing and that was all because... And we had just signed Wes Matthews to come with DeAndre mm-hmm. Jordan. So it was like a whole thing, right? Um, but again, like, you know, there's no hard feelings there. Like, he did what he thought was best for his career. I think that year he was Defensive Player of the mm-hmm. Year. And, and for the Clippers, he went to, like, the Western Conference Finals. Like, he's had a great career, but that was just, like, a crazy— That's never happened before. Like, we had it. It was he done. He committed, and then the Clippers flew who? Doc, Paul Pierce, CP, and Blake, and Blake yeah. to his house, locked him in. Until he signed. And beat him down until he signed. Yeah, it was nuts. Didn't he end up going to Dallas anyway? He did end up going to Dallas. <laughs> went, I left and then he went. <laughs> right. It was crazy. So heading into free agency, uh, you were looking to possibly stay in Dallas, I'm guessing? Yeah. That's what you wanted to do, obviously. Yeah. And well, it didn't really work out that way. You end up going to Memphis on yeah. a nice, another nice deal. Um what was that experience like? So that was, I signed a three-year deal in Dallas, but I had a player option in the third year. And talking with Mark, talking with my agent, they said, listen, you play, I played good that year. You know, we went to the playoffs. They said, you can get a big deal. And there's a lot of interest in you. So I'm like, all right, great. I'll, I'll opt out of my player option. And he, Dan Fang was like, basically, you're going to get a max contract. And you know, when Dan says you're that, like, I'm fine. I believe you. But Cuban wanted me to opt into that third year because I had had, just had a knee surgery. I had my second one and I was still going into free agency. And so I didn't pick up my third year because Mark was like, look, just opt in and prove yourself that you can play. And, and then I'll sign, I'll sign you to a five-year max the next year. And I'm like looking at it. I'm like, and it was for like 17 million. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, He's telling me to opt in now for 17, but Dan Vega and my agent tell me I got guaranteed like 95. Like, I'm like, Mark, if I was your son, like, what would, would you, you what tell would him? you tell him? Like, would you tell me to do this and take this guaranteed deal? Right. And they knew I had like they knew I had the knee surgeries, right? And so that was crazy. And that's another crazy story where I had two pitch meetings. And I remember it was Orlando and New York offered 
max deals, but like two or three years. But the two big four ones were Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers. And Paul Allen came, Dame came, Terry Stotts came, their front office came, and we had a great meeting in Portland. And to be honest with you, I was all in on Portland. I was like, we can cancel the Memphis. Like, I'm going to Portland. Like, this is play with Dame and CJ. Like, mm-hmm. this, you. this is you, great. You and I was too. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, like, I'm in. JB Bickerstaff and Fizz, who are my family, they mm-hmm. were, they, he had just got the head coaching job at Memphis. I said, you know what? Let's just take the meeting. Like, I, I love them. Like, let, let's see. And also, they had Gasol, they had Conley, they mm-hmm. had T, uh, Zebo, TA. Like, mm-hmm. they had a squad mm-hmm. too. So I'll never forget, we're in this meeting, right? And it's at Dan Fagan's house. And we're in the Memphis meeting. And I see, like, where Stack's sitting, Fagan's getting, like, red and, like, kind of getting weird. And then, like, five minutes later, he asked, he's like, hey, let's take a break and, like, you know, let's, uh, well, we'll meet back up in five. He's like, CP, come here. So I go to the, I go to his room with him and he's like, you're going to Memphis. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he goes, Portland is going to give you a physical. And because of like Greg Oden and Brandon Roy's injury history, you might not pass. Mm. So I'm like, what do you mean, bro? He's like, trust me, like, you don't want to go down that. Like, if you do that and they red flag you, bro, you're taking a minimum deal and you're smoked out of 95 million. Mm. So I'm like, bro, like what? Like in my head, I'm I'm on Zillow looking at houses in Portland. Like I was going, <laughs> like I love them. Mm. I go back in there, bro. And I, Oscar performance going back. <laughs> Oscar, I go back in there. Listen, guys, I, I've never, I've never been more sure of something in my life. Sold it. Grit and grind to the day I die. I'm like, I'm in. I'm gonna get that shit tatted. I was like, we can just stop it here. I'm signing. Literally, I'm like Blake Griffin. I wouldn't let them leave till I signed the deal. Yeah. I was like, I am going. So that was just another damn thing and crazy story where I was like, yeah. man, I've never told that story. That's either. incredible. And so like that was nuts. Where I was like, this man did it again. Mm, mm, mm. And after getting that contract, you get to Memphis and you get derailed by injuries again. Yeah. Which Talk I, again, that. I had just, during that free agency, I had just had my third knee surgery, right? So it's not like they didn't know I was, and as an athlete, like, you know, I'm hopeful to be the player I was. And like, when you get paid in the NBA, you're getting paid off what you did yeah. and what you could possibly do. So it's like, they saw like a 16, five and five guy and they were hoping I'd get that or better. Maybe I'd take a huge jump like some guys do. Mm-hmm. Fresh off three knee surgeries, like after that, four year guaranteed deal. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like that. So, you know, the Memphis experience, it didn't really work out. Um, there's a little bad blood there, but like, you know, there's some nice people there. I, I you know, I, I had a good time, but um, it just didn't work out. I couldn't, I couldn't find ways to get healthy. Um, and a lot of the people there kind of put that on. In the same day, they gave Conley like two thirty. Yeah. So like that day, they player. spent like a quarter of a billion. I'm like, I remember me and Mike were like, "Boot the GM! Like, why are you booing us? We just, <laughs> <laughs> we just, we just right. signed the deal. Hey, you would do the same like, shit. Stop or, it. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> it was crazy. Boo the GM. Yeah, like boo him. <laughs> so I mean, when it's all said and done, a, a crazy nine year run, derailed by injury. What do you remember most about your experience in the NBA? I mean, it was, like I said, it was just my dream as a kid to play in the NBA, man. Like, to, I, like I never thought it would end this way. I never thought it'd be cut short like this. You know, I had dreams of being an all-star and winning championships and doing all that. But the fact that I lived out my dream and can now support my family and, like, I know 
If you, I go your tomorrow, family my kids are good. <laughs> you can support a lot of families. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I can, you know, I had a great time. I met right. a lot of really dope people that I still have really good relationships now. Um, I still love the game. I still am sitting on it on my couch Friday, Tuesday night watching, mm -hmm. you know, Charlotte versus mm -hmm. Orlando. Like I still love it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? This just living out my dream was. There's no words for it, like, and and it's sad that it's over. But again, I'm just excited for you know the future of my girl and my wife, and just kind of going from there doing different business yeah. things. It's bright. I mean, you get to bounce business ideas off the fucking Shark Tank. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. What's better than that? Um, advice. Looking back now, you would give to a younger player. Honestly, the 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 time flies, bro. Like it's it's mm -hmm. nine years went by like that. Like I remember draft day. I remember you know SEC championship. Like it goes by so quick, and you want to enjoy it. And I enjoyed it. Like I'd go out. I would. I was a little reckless early on in my career, and you should. You know, you have a great life. You're, you're, you're making a lot of bread. Like you should. Mm -hmm. But just uh, I would just say, just kind of cherish every day, man. Like every practice, every film session, you think it's a drag, but when it's gone, like I miss that shit. Like mm -hmm. I miss the, the playing Blu-ray on the planes. I miss like the film sessions, talking shit. Like I, mm -hmm. I the stuff that I hated when I was playing is what I miss the most now being out. Yeah. Well, you think time goes fast as you're playing. Watch how fast it goes now that you're a father. I know, right? That shit, bro, is like, feels like half the time. It's just, just as fast. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Share a story of battles with him. So this is where it started with me and him. We play, he's playing for the Rockets, and he is busting my ass in the first half. So you know me. I never knew this story, so I'm no, interested to hear. No, but you know me it. when somebody okay. busts my ass, what's the first thing I do? Fight. I try to start a fight, right? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I do. And this one made me remember him, bro. This one made me remember So after I'm talking all this shit to him, he ain't paying no attention to me, and I'm getting ready to try to start a fight. And uh, it's a timeout. And I see him walking to the side to, with his teammates, and he looks at his teammates like, is he serious? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, is he serious? And I, I bust out yeah. I'm walking to my, to back to my hood and I'm crying laughing. I was like, well, he just asked his teammate what yeah. I said. <laughs> I remember you were on Milwaukee, right? Yeah. I remember like, I told you. didn't even want to be in Milwaukee. I was, I was dying there. Yeah. But bro, there's, there, you hear things about players, right? Like, don't fuck with Zebo. <laughs> Steven Jackson was one of them. So now I'm real life in a game. I'm playing good against him. But now like he's tight and like he's talking shit to me. I remember asking Sam Dallenbear and like he said something to me like, like anybody but him. And I was like, I already started it. Like, what, what, like <laughs> yeah. bro, you had by 16 yeah, like, in the oh, first quarter. I, I'm he was like, frying my ass. I was, I was like, like shit, fuck it. I it's too I late. I take this for four quarters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sam, Sam knew karate, though, his big, long yeah. ass. I'm like, he's like, I'm like, what? You don't have my back? And he like looked away. I'm like, God damn, Sam. Said, and he no. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Traveling, man, you get a chance. I know you're really close with Blake Griffin. I remember when, back when we had that Lob City <clears> team, me, Blake, and DJ would go to like four countries every yeah. summer. Um, you love to travel. Some of your favorite countries. Cholet. Yeah, yeah Cholet, France. Beautiful this time of year. Cholet. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said it. Um, yeah, you know what? I love, like, I went to the Cannes Film Festival twice, just the south of France, that part of the world. Mm -hmm. I had never imagined, like, going or seeing, but it's super dope, really pretty, great food. Mm -hmm. um, those Ibiza, Mykonos trips are awesome. Where, I like Mykonos Yeah, a lot. those are fun, because you can either go with your girl or you can go with your so, boys. Yeah, and like, you can do every, everything mm -hmm. there. Um, but honestly, our favorite spot is Cabo. It's, it's two hours from Damn, here. I just got to tell people yeah, it's, Cabo. It's, you got a spot out there? I just got a spot. We need to borrow it. Yeah, it's, it's yours or whatever. Come, it's come, no, I'm not bullshitting. You're over here smiling. <laughs> hey, hey, give us a good hey, price. Yeah, yeah, we'll pay for everything. Yeah, it's yeah. me and Jack's birthday coming up. We wanted to take you. a Cabo trip with our girls. We got a rich friend, Chandler. <laughs> Thank you. Should, you see how God works? Bro, that it, shit is traveling. I'm a foodie. Yeah. Best food you've had. I just came from Montego Bay, Jamaica, and that's number one on my spot right now. Yeah. Food was it? It was dope. Food was crazy. Yeah. See, I mean, I mean, Paris, the food's awesome. Like living there when I'd Chalet, if I'd have an off day, we would take like me and the other American on our team, we would drive two and a half hours just to go and get like dinner and go out. Mm -hmm. Chalet was such trash. Mm -hmm. We would do that. Um, I mean, but the Cabo, bro, like it's two hour flight and you're in a yeah. different world, different language. I love Mexican food. Yeah. Like it's just the best. The culture's the best. They're so nice. The staff is unbelievable. Great golf like, courses. Fantastic golf. And like I said, it's two hours away and you're there. Mm -hmm. I like that. We're yeah. there. You mentioned a little bit of business. What kind of stuff are you into? I mean, you unfortunately have to, you know, retire at an early age but you know life is good wife yeah. daughter business i'm sure is booming what kind of stuff are you into yeah right now? i think uh i'm investing in a lot of startup companies and a lot of other companies like i'm, I'm in on hyper ice uh or ring i still don't know what esports is and fate but i'm in phase clan which is mm. apparently is like 
you, you'll watch an esports game. There's more viewings on an esports game than like thing. Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's insane what these kids are doing. Is Oura Ring that check your blood pressure? Checks that, your blood pressure, yeah. your temperature. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Things like that. My brother, I'm with in a couple restaurants in Orlando. Um, my girl's got a, like a cosmetic line called Treats. Um, just a little bit of stuff like that. And now, honestly, now that the lawsuit's settled, now I'll probably start getting into some commentating, broadcasting, doing mm-hmm. podcasts with you if you guys need yeah, a third host. Yeah, sure. We always look yeah. for people over Come here on. for real. No yeah. Yeah. shit. Don't, don't say that now. You know, <laughs> I'm going to get that Cabo House yeah. podcast. Yeah. So Showtime going to hear you. Brian Daly at <laughs> Welcome Chandler Parsons yeah. of Showtime You family. cannot say that on this show and oh. Brian Daly and them not whispering in the back. Wait till the that? trade deadline's over. Though, <laughs> yeah, now watch, please. I promise you, before this season's up, you're going to be back here talking shit with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it's been a great interview so far. We're down to quick hitter. So first thing to come to your mind, let us know. Yeah. Build a dream starting five of Florida-born players. Oof. Okay, Florida-born. I would go Vince Carter. I love Vince. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Playing with him was cool. Um, Daryl Dawkins, OG, mm-hmm. back in the day, used to bust my dad's ass. <laughs> Pops played against him? Yeah. Dope. Uh, T-Mac. Mm. Love T-Mac. three right there. I'm going Amari Stoudemire, mm. who I literally saw beat the shit out of dude at my, my high school team camp, like the manager on my team. <laughs> he was a grown man. His, his he looked like man. he does now when he was 16. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and now I need a point guard. You guys remember Darius Washington? Edgewater High School played at Memphis. He was he was like the Sebastian Telfair year where they had the Through the Fire where they played Edgewater. He, I know you remember him. Look, look. He, Yes, at the, he missed the free throws right. in the tournament. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He never really made it to the league, but he was the coldest, best high school player I've ever seen in my life. Really? I love that you know that. Yeah. The big diplomat. Yeah. <laughs> Five dinner guests, dead or alive. Mm. Wow. Five dinner guests. I'm going to go with MJ. Jordan or Jackson? Mm. Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Good clearing save. that up. Yes. Yeah. Can't Good go wrong. save. I got to have Tiger Woods in there. Yeah. I got to have Muhammad Ali in there. And then I need, like, I need, I mean, I'm going all athletes here. Somebody got to make y'all laugh at the table or something. Yeah, give me Will Ferrell. I was just about to say yeah, that. Give me uh, Will Ferrell. Can't go wrong with him. That's a good call. Yeah. Oh, we we, we got to get Will Ferrell yo, on the show. That's going to be a funny episode. Yeah. Oh, he might man. come in here. Like, I'm what did Kevin Hart say? He always in a bit. Yeah. So he's in it. He's playing, acting like a character at all times. You know, he doesn't even have like lines half the time. Like the, the funny shit you see on like Step Brothers, he's just winging it. I believe like that's it. just him like vibing off it <laughs> like saying crazy shit. I believe it. I yeah. believe it. I love it. Uh, toughest matchup in the league. I mean, honestly, scoring wise, like Garden KD is impossible. Give me bro. your five wing because we all were wing we players. We all dealt with the same shit. Who were like, your five KD's wings? KD impossible, right? He's seven foot and he can handle crazy. Like he mm-hmm. like he, you can't stop him. You just hope he's having an off night, honestly, mm-hmm. that night and be physical with him. Like yep. Kobe was crazy. Um, I mean James Harden was. You know who I really had? A, I had the most trouble with Ginobili, oh, just because he was so slippery. He, yeah, like I, he's always in my list. He was so he slippery. Like, he would draw. He would foul me. I had to get three fouls early on him. Like he was tough. He would get yeah, smart. Keep Brilliant. him from going left. But once he got downhill, young Ginobili used to dunk that. Oh, shit he would euro viciously. to dunk it on your head. He, and even Jam if he went up. right, he's coming back left somehow. Ginobili was a motherfucker. And he's always on my love. You said that Ginobili was tough, and then. 
I mean, we switched a lot, right? So I remember a couple of times I would get caught on Steph and like moving without the ball really was not my gig, right? Like <laughs> I'm better like post defense or maybe like fighting over a pick and roll. All this right. dude doesn't stop. All right. And so chasing him was probably just as hard as guarding like KD on an ISO because he's just all movement. Yeah. Wow. out. Right. All movement. Who else? We had D Wade. D Wade was crazy. Carmelo's a bucket. But then there was the guys like who were the guys that like. Ron Artest, like that, would, him. that shouldn't, but that would bust your ass. Like I had Wilson Chandler used to always just, yeah. and Rudy Gay, those mm-hmm. two guys, thirty, no matter what. Ron Butler, he's that was mm-hmm. Butler. Mm-hmm. He's like your kryptonite. Yeah, yeah. Ron you Butler. snuck me a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you snuck me a couple times. Goddamn it! You can have the cop out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite city to visit when you when you win the league. I would say New York, just because growing up in Florida, I'd always go to Miami, and I lived in L.A. in the off-season, so New York was, I mean, that's the MSG's the mecca, right? Like, going to playing there was dope. Dinner there after the game was dope. Going out was dope. Yeah. Like, I just really, New York's just different for me, and I only like it for short stints. Yeah, yeah. in so and like, out. In and out, fish. exactly. Like, yeah. So I would probably say New York. I would say Miami, and it had nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. I just feel like, I was talking to someone about this the other day, like the energy you, when they open that door and you can get off the plane, it's just, yeah. you yeah. want to like take your shirt off like Michael Jackson yeah. with your chest hanging out with no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I would say Miami for, with nothing to do with basketball. Well, it's funny because y'all answers are mine. Basketball-wise, the garden. Yeah. Turnover-wise, Miami. You know what was sneaky? was Miami. Scottsdale for oh, going Phoenix. out. Oh, yeah. Like, Scottsdale Phoenix was, was nuts going out. <laughs> Not to play. Like, it's whatever. Yeah. But Scottsdale as far as going out and nightlife, nightlife Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scottsdale is hot. Uh, best Kobe memory on or off the court? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got a I got a good Kobe story. So my rookie year, we're playing here in Staples Center, and Mikhail tells us before, like, look, you like he pulls me aside, like you're gonna see crazy people, you're gonna see celebrities there, like lock in. And Kobe, he's gonna try and bust your ass, like he's gonna be like offended you're guarding him. Absolutely, and I'm like cool, like love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm flattered to guard him. <laughs> so I go there first of all. I'm just looking at the. Court side, I'm, my head's on a swivel. Just I've never seen this before, right? I'm like, God damn, this is crazy. All of like, them are Denzel's in there. there, and this chick's there. I'm like, wow. So I'm already distracted, <laughs> and of course, I'm starting on Kobe. And Jordan Hill that year had got traded from Houston to LA, so I had known him as a little side note. And fourth quarter comes around, and Kobe looks at me, and he's like, "Are you guys staying the night tonight?" And I'm like. I'm like looking at Mikhail, make sure he's not looking at me before I am. I'm like, yeah, like, what up? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, you see, he's doing it. Like, he's Mr. Miyagi in me right now. He's like, he's doing it. I'm like, yeah, like, what's, what's up? We're staying. He goes, oh, I'll set you up. Like, I'll get your number from Jay Chill. And like, if you want to go out tonight, I'm like, stop. Like, you're like, I know what you're doing. Like, come on. Mikhail's over there, like, grilling me. Like, stop talking to this motherfucker. So I go, ends up, he ends up just going off. He has like 40 that game. We lose. After the game, you know, like right there in LA Live, we go to like Katsuya and we're with all the OGs, right? We're with like Camby, Dallin, and they're all taking me out. I get a text and it goes, You're all set at Supper Club dash Mamba. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like looking around, like, all right, who's fucking with me? Like, no, no way. And, but I'm like, Courtney Lee was my guy, right? I'm like showing him, like, is this real? Like, you guys number? Like, and I write him back. I'm like, okay, like, or like, are you, like I said something, like, are you coming? He's like, nah, I can't make it, but my guy will hit you up. 
got a next text. Hey, you're set up. Let me know what you need at supper club, whatever. So at this point, I'm telling the table. I'm like, guys, I got you. Like, like, I, like Kobe's my guy. He set it up. Let's go. JB Bicker staff is there. Like, I'm bringing coaches. I'm bringing trainers. This is, I got it. And we have a blast, right? We have the craziest night ever. Supper club was the ta- was the club where the the tables were beds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Like I was like, it was nuts. And two a.m. rolls around, and granted, I'm with these guys that made hundreds of millions of dollars, and this waitress beelines right to me with a check, and I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. And my dad's my financial advisor at the time. He would be on my ass if I like value sized my combo meal at Chick Fil A, <laughs> and he's bringing me, she's bringing me this bill for God knows how much, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. I open it, and it's like twenty two thousand dollars. And now at this point, I'm like, I'm sick. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sick. I'm, I'm, I'm physically like, no, no. Like, I can't do this because card's going to bounce. <laughs> and I'll never forget this chick looks at me, hands me a pen, and says, sign for Mr. Bryant. And I'm like, Ooh. what? I'm like, I videoed the whole thing. I'm like, sign. <laughs> I'm like signing Kobe Bryant. I dope. signed Kobe Bryant on a $22,000 club bill. And everyone, by the way, they say he's tough. He's going to go at you. I'm like, this dude was cool as fuck. Hey, like, that's he a was, dope story. He was awesome. That's a dope story. It was a right crazy, there. crazy Did you time. Did you I got a picture of it for yeah. sure. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I still got his number. I love, I'm like, I love the dope. way the story went, though, because I thought, because Kobe was an ass, too. He would have been and stuck I, you with the bill. And you know his mean? bill from he the weekend before. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm fucked. But then he flipped it on you. I like that, It was nuts. Yeah, that's our guy. I love that. That's a dope-ass story. Yeah, nothing but love for him. <laughs> that's probably my favorite Kobe story. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Kobe yeah. Story. Last question, bro. If you could have a guest on our show, who would it be? But you have to help us get your answer on the show. I doubt my birth. I, if I, <laughs> I put that one together. Um, I mean, let's get Cuban on here. He's the... Oh, good call. He's the, Great call. He's, I still talk to him all the time. He's and that's your guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably get that done. So tell him we'll be at your crib and cop. He's out there. <laughs> yeah. Holler at us. And if we he wants us to come to play. Dallas, we'll come to Dallas and get him. Yeah. Yeah, we're passing out ten days. Yeah, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Hoover no yeah, more. No, that ship sailed. Absolutely not. I'm yeah. about to be forty. Give me a job on this new company, though. Right. No, but Chandler, man, thank you. Yeah, appreciate great interview. You guys. Thank you for your time. But before we go, oh, got something for you, my boy. Oh All shit, right. my bad. What we got. Okay. Hey. All the smoke backpack and merch. Yeah. yeah. You can get it at all the smoke store. Wow. Just go hey. there. Hey, Log Jack, on. Jack. You can get your hat, shirt, hey. sweater. Hey. I'm on for commercial right now, Matt. Yeah. All the smoke that store. Hey, yeah. I, I feel like a proud father, man. The way yeah. you growing in this game is hey. real. Yeah. <laughs> it's I motherfucker. It. Thank all of you. All of you, right now. Chandler, man, appreciate Thanks, your time. Man. Thank you. Thanks, bro. You can catch this on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. This is All the Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.